Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we remind you that value is in the customer's mind, and everybody in your company has to be a part of delivering that value. Today, I am thrilled to have Tino Go, uh, who is the founder, CEO of Baru, uh, a startup, a young company that's just starting to hit its revenue uh, stride. Tino, welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark. And so Baru is utilizing underutilized capacity all around the country in terms of um, milling and uh, automatic milling, automatic manufacturing machines. And you're starting in the furniture industry, correct? Furniture and cabinetry. Yes, furniture and cabinetry. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that, what what that means. Yeah, yeah. Um... Let me go back uh, to uh, to the uh, to, to what I understood a, a few years ago. Essentially, there are all these di- digital manufacturing machines that were highly underused all over the country, and because they're digital, that means we could send those machines our instructions for on-demand production, and we can eliminate all of the inventory and long-distance shipping of of products and. So that's, we're extracting from idle machine time custom made products and eliminating all of the activities that waste up to 40 to 50% of uh, retail revenues, which is uh, mostly based on uh, inventory management and global transportation costs. Yeah. Um, when I think cabinetry, especially, right, it's um, the value to weight and to volume, especially, right? Cabinets are made to be big hollow boxes. Yeah. So one cabinet takes uh, a crazy amount of space on a truck. And a yeah. kitchen's worth of cabinets takes a quarter of, can take a quarter of a truckload. Absolutely. Um, for an item that is mostly air. That's if it's a shipped assembled, which is, you know, I, I've been uh, visiting a shop in Palo Alto recently. They order their cabinets from France fully assembled. <laughs> so they come on a container and the containers are taking, you know, inordinate amounts of time these days. And so, um, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, why don't we supply you? Yeah. Um, and of course, flat pack has its own set of problems. 
Ikea, Ikea, and um, not not a bad solution from a shipping effectiveness standpoint, but the labor at the far end and and uh, potential sacrifices you make in product quality, um, those are appropriate for some people. But there's a lot of people who don't want that. And so, you know, walk us through that. So somebody designs um, designs a piece of furniture or a piece of cabinetry uh, using your portal, and then you match them up with a manufacturer and dealer closest to them it gets built, shipped, and installed, perhaps by that dealer. Correct. Uh, let me let me let me separate the yeah. two product categories. For furniture, anyone can go to our website. All of the furniture we offer is available in a hundred thousand variants between the dimensions and the materials and colors. They order the variant that fits their space, you know, X by Y inches wide and yep. long. And um, we issue, then we produce the machine instructions and order the materials to be sent to one of our manufacturing partners closest to the customer. And always less than one hour away because we don't want to incur packaging and long distance transportation. And so that's that's uh, how it works. And then, it, uh, you know, for furniture in a few weeks, it, it's delivered, fully assembled, fully ready to go. Wow. And what kind of furniture items are you? Our most popular uh, items have been um, sit-stand desks. Our okay. our desks have uh, drawers, which are super useful in on desks. Yeah. And... Um, you know, people order them for their Manhattan apartment as small as 40 inches wide and as long as seven feet long for, you know, we've had people, uh, mostly attorneys are ordering the seven foot long desks for their <laughs> offices. And um, the on the and then we've been uh, getting a lot of dresser orders from New York City because uh, our most popular uh, dresser is five feet tall. So, you know, at, at its full height, I can barely look into the top drawer. But in a, in a Manhattan scenario, it completely makes sense. It optimizes the floor space and, and um, maximizes storage. Ah, makes sense, right? And so people are able to order something for their space. And I'm, you know, New York also is famous for a ridiculously small apartments that were subdivided from reasonable sized apartments. So the nooks and crannies that you can stick a, a dresser in are probably not the standard 48 inches <laughs> of most commercial dressers. Exactly, exactly. Either that or they are 48 inches and the 48 inch dresser has a 49 and a half inch top that you have to, <laughs> saw, have to saw off. Yeah, so that's, I mean, and so, so you mentioned some of the economies that you help customers achieve. So walk through those again. Yeah, uh, and most most wood furniture are most non upholstered furniture in in the that's sold in the U.S. is made overseas, and because of the the long supply chain cycle of making you know annual collections overseas, it incurs in immense amounts of uh, 
overhead cost and marketing cost and distribution um, uh, freight cost. And so we avoid all of those costs because everything we're selling starts from a digital model that can be configured by the customer. And then we deliver it from a local facility that makes it. And, and the fact that uh, there are so many of these uh, facilities that we can, uh, in the entire population, we can choose the, the, the top notch, the, the best manufacturers. And, uh, and, and those manufacturers, they benefit from uh, deploying idle machine time. Exactly. I was just going to get to that. So those, these manufacturers uh, are, have invested, these are forward-thinking manufacturers who have invested in the kind of um, automated digital machining centers that, and what is the typical utilization of some of those machines that you're finding? with some of those dealers? Generally, two to three hours a day is the average shop utilization of these machines because they are so efficient, they outperform the organization's demand. So the, the organizational bottlenecks at these um, custom mill workshops is around management and design and engineering. There's almost never any machine time constraints. And that's what we benefit from. So there's, yeah, and because you're taking over that design and not all of the overhead, but um, a lot of the overhead on the design and engineering and sales. Where it's, it's almost all of it. Yeah. You know, um, when after the second or third order with a given manufacturer, it, it completely bypasses their entire org structure and goes straight to the factory floor. It's as if we added the engineer to their team, just adding to add more work to the factory floor. Wow. Um, so it's great for the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. um, it's great for some users. And so tell me about uh, how you're, you're dividing that value pie because users are getting more flexible design faster um, they're getting, what, what kind of quality are they getting? We are generally, uh, spending three times, um, on materials than what you could normally get from a mass production product, because we can afford it. We can upgrade our material quality three X. And so the quality is outstanding at every price level. We'll choose to compete at. Okay, so better quality at a lower price, and what 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 about turnaround time? For furniture, three weeks. For cabinetry, custom cabinetry, six weeks. And right now, those are running twelve and eighteen, I think. For for custom, it's running closer oh, yeah. to twenty five to thirty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, custom cabinets. I I just did some semi custom cabinets, and they were twelve. Yeah, exactly. And so. <laughs> Our pricing uh, for our custom is at the sim at a price point similar to semi custom, and we're delivering it, um, you know, two x faster than uh, semi custom and five x faster than. Okay, so custom. you know, I, I think when we, I mean, there's. I'm really fascinated and I loved being able to talk about the economies that you're putting into the system and the shortened supply chain and your nearshoring and smart shoring. Uh, you're doing all of those things, which 
uh, we see in the business press, but you're pretty well focused that that's not really the interesting part of your business. The interesting part of your business is the quality and the turnaround time and the flexibility. Am I, am I? There are different interests that different participants in our, or in the ecosystems that we're uh, creating here. You know, um, we're, we're reinventing in the, in the, our industry because right now it's all based on the premise that, okay, to be able to sell at an affordable price, you have to manufacture at the lowest possible cost, ignoring all of the distribution costs that waste so much of the revenues. So we're, you know, so if, if you look at the value from a customer's viewpoint, it's custom, it's higher quality, it's higher value because we're at a similar price as the alternative and it's delivered faster. If you look at it from our manufacturer partners viewpoint, it's extra revenue and ex at an extremely high margin because it's just using up excess time. From a impact viewpoint, we've eliminated all of the waste that of unsold inventory and that will eventually get landfilled. And we've, we're, uh, we've reduced our carbon footprint to half of what the industry normally incurs in a global supply chain. And then we wipe it out by planting a few trees for every product that we sell. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, you had mentioned once in a conversation, the wastage that happens in distribution. And I mean, you haven't mentioned it here, but just dis under distribution costs, there's gas, oil, you know, um, container space utilization, um, but there's also the container that fell off the ship and there's, <laughs> there's the, the, the cabinets that got scratched in handling um, because of a storm, because of careless uh, forklift driver, because those things get handled uh, probably a dozen, dozen and a half time between the manufacturer and the customer. Whereas you've taken that down to twice, once on the truck and once off the truck. That's right. And that's right. And, uh, and our um, local delivery system means that we can do it on a white glove blanket wrap basis. And that'll also eliminates then it, that that reduces the risk of damage for sure. But it also eliminates all of the packaging that we yeah. would have to. And that's, you know, that's extremely wasteful. Wow. Yeah. Um, what is the cost? What is the percentage product cost that is devoted to packaging on a low to mid-grade cabinet? I don't have that information, but the way um, one of our, one of the analyses that I conducted was on Wayfair. Yeah. And I estimate that Wayfair wastes about 40% of its revenues on shipping and handling. Wow. Yeah. Totally believe it. Um, and the, you know, the packaging cost on that stuff is when you compare it to the cheap materials that got used, yeah. the, the cardboard is actually, <laughs> it's, it's a nodal, yeah, it's a noticeable, it's a noticeable percentage. I would think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So better, faster, uh, at, a it, it isn't. It's cheaper than in than like for like, correct. But, um, it is 
it is the price of a mid-grade. It's the quality of a, of a custom for the price of a mid-grade, roughly. Uh, in the cabinetry, semi, yes. Semi-custom. Yeah. Correct. In cabinetry. the cabinetry, yes. In the furniture, we're targeting, uh, you know, our customers, they tend to be well-heeled and they, they just want what they want. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you could always, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, eventually we're going to uh, have multiple categories because ultimately Baru is not a furniture brand or a cabinet brand. We are, Baru is a platform, it's a digital manufacturing platform. And so as people introduce their own collections to the platform, uh, you know, those different collections will be at different prices and with different, with different attributes. Um, what we, what Baru is all about is using excess manufacturing capacity and eliminating the waste of global supply chains. Yeah. So if Mark Boundy um, puts his uh, Louis XIV uh, influence by Rococo bureau on on baru's platform and the the uh you know the tech person in in his berlin mansion wants to order it in dining room size baru takes care of the digital scaling of that and the delivery via fulfillment of a local manufacturing partner in berlin wow um I'm glad you mentioned that it's generally a platform because you've had some interest from all kinds of different industries. Um, you'd mentioned uh, the Defense Department because you know every piece of defense equipment uses a custom whatever, right? Uh, a tank doesn't just go out and get regular Ford rims for all those run, you know road running wheels. Uh, it doesn't even get standard bolts uh, and standard pintle hooks for the back of that tank. Yes. And uh, what Baru's, uh, okay, we have a patent on the use of augmented and virtual reality as a manufacturing configurator. So what that empowers, what that enables is for the warfighter to design their own custom part or their own modified repair part so that the asset can get redeployed and back in use quickly by simply changing the image that they see in virtual or augmented reality. Does so, that, oh, go ahead, finish. So this is a, this is a um, continuity of operations and logistics improvement. It's yeah. not necessarily for manufacturing a replacement um, highly specified part. It's okay. it's it's like give me that virtual play-doh that I can mold in um, in uh, augmented reality so that I can get a part 3D printed so that I can put a new communications aerial back on the vehicle so that that half million dollar vehicle gets back in service. Yeah. Uh, so I'm starting to get it. So if you, and we'll, I studied a lot of World War II when I was a little kid and um, coming out of Normandy, there was rows and rows of very thick hedges. 
and some guy made an addition to the front of a Sherman tank that would reach into those hedges, chop them up, and you'd be able to drive through it. And that was, it was uh, an infield mod that somebody made up with a cutting torch, a welding iron. And um, so you're, you're actually talking about those on the fly field enhancements for some specific situation that wasn't uh, anticipated by the, the designer for the general purpose item. That's exactly it. In, uh, in Iraq in 2009, when IEDs started being uh, extremely frequent and they were starting to integrate shaped charges, those shaped charges were uh, piercing the existing armor. So there were two responses. They started armor armoring up the doors, but the heavy, you know, the, the doors, instead of 200 pounds, they became 500 pounds and started to bend the hinges, okay? Those, those hinges were a problem that the person in the field knew how to fix, but you know, getting, getting it through the entire logistic supply chain was a real hassle. The second instance um, in response to all of these IEDs is they started draping or uh, hanging HECO wire on, uh, around the vehicles to snag the IEDs so that they would either pre-detonate or they would just snag and, and not detonate and not pierce the, the armor. So those two innovations in theater would have been a lot faster accomplished if, if someone could just simply change a, a product or modify a product in AR for digital fabrication. And so that's, that's the interest of DOD, it's just, it's a way of uh, allowing uh, the, the warfighter to communicate back up to manufacturing, either the, uh, you know, the, the mobile parts hospital or all the way back up to the original engineering team for modification. Great. Um, so um, any other industries that you're looking at um, besides furniture and DOD? Well, the, you know, the fact that we happen to get the, this patent on this process, you know, the goal is um, to start licensing it. We'll, we'll create a, a separate company that is separate from the cabinet and, and, and yeah. furniture company, uh, but it'll be a highly deployable, a highly adaptable uh, digital manufacturing user interface. Got it. Uh, wherever, wherever it may lead. Um, now, so let's go back again. You, we mentioned, and we're back to furniture and cabinetry. Uh, you mentioned that different parts of the ecosystem are each looking for different outcomes and different you know, success with the dealer may not, you have to, you have to build something different or you think of something different uh, to make the dealer successful than it, you do to necessarily make a great product for the end user. So what have you had to learn about the, the different players in your ecosystem and how you've had to configure your business to be successful and to deliver some type of success to each one of those players? Well, fortunately, uh, all of those... Um... All of those divergent or different interests are well served by um, the reduction of waste in the supply chain, sure. which, which is Baru. And so uh, we're 
you know, we're getting a chance to supply a 43 store home remodeling franchise. And so for all of their, our value prop to them is for all 43 stores, we will have always local custom delivery of cabinetry. And, and, you know, always custom, always local, always faster than the alternative. And, and this is nationwide. Right now, the, the franchise purchases from, you know, large manufacturers, and, but those large manufacturers are centrally, you know, those are, they, re, they always require shipping. And <laughs> I'm, I'm giggling because I ordered a custom window when it arrived. Uh, it had termite damage on it and had to be replaced. And there was no expedite. It was 12 weeks for the window. It was 12 weeks for the replacement. That was the fault of the manufacturer uh, who, who shipped wooden frames that had termites in them. Yeah. it's uh... So, so I mean, that, um, that logistics cost, those manufacturers don't turn your problem into their problem very often. That's one of the things we want to fix uh, by being always, uh, you know, by manufacturing less than an hour away from the delivery location. When when mistakes, either ours or theirs, happen, we can fix them. Yeah, I much more efficiently, much yeah, more I, quickly. Yeah, I have a friend who says you want to have one throat to choke. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. And that's, so. That's exactly what Baru is uh, accommodating for okay. both manufacturers and. So do you have to uh, get involved in helping that dealer market that stuff? Or is it pretty easy for them to market custom for the price of, I mean, how much, how much expertise do you have to get in that uh, end user marketing? Well, that's why we're going to dealers because they're already doing this. Okay. We just become a new supplier alternative for them. Okay. And um, I believe with our value prop and our cost uh, structure, pricing structure, it, it's much more advantageous because they can, yeah. you know, we're selling at a semi-custom price. They can market up to true custom if the if their if their market will be, you know yeah. demands that. Wow. Yeah. For sure. Well. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? You're in startup mode, and so you are collecting investment. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, what the securities law, so I don't know what, if I want to go any any more particulars. I'll let you uh, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, we're raising from accredited investors, and uh, people can contact me via email at tino at hellobaru.com. Great. And is that if they have any more questions, want to become a dealer, want to learn more about your business practices, same one, Tino at hellobaru.com? That's right. That's cool. right. What else have we forgotten to ask you that you want to make sure that we talk about? There is a huge impact byproduct from reducing global supply chains into hometown ecosystems. So that includes eliminating all of the waste that uh, has caused a lot of urgency to be formed around circularity. Yeah. You know, we just avoid the waste. 
and by reducing the our carbon footprint to a hometown ecosystem we can be carbon negative because we are carbon negative because we plant enough trees that those trees absorb all of our carbon emissions within three years and um so ultimately i don't know if you're familiar with the uh, industry 4.0 promoted by uh some um uh, academics recently or jeremy rifkin's industry 3.0 that's based on iot but mm -hmm. we're we're really um I think we may be the first to operationalize uh, distributed mass customization, distributed manufacturing mass customization, and eliminating all of the waste that normally occurs with uh, the current paradigm of global mass production supply chains. So it's 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 really a rethink of manufacturing for customers at from first principles how do we translate what's in a customer's imagination into machine instructions so that we can use an idle machine in that customer's hometown yeah Creating and yeah and and the economics of that lets people decommoditize the furniture they buy yes right i'm no longer have to figure out if I like Mick cabinet in Mick catalog anymore. Exactly. Um, I absolutely love what you're doing, do you know? Um, and I can't wait to, I can't wait to see how, how your story and Baru's story unfolds. Yeah. It'll, um, it'll be an exciting uh, future, you know, and we'll do well on this, uh, on this first store's uh, orders for the, uh, for the cabinetry and we'll expand to the exist, you know, to the rest of the stores. It'll Super. be, it'll be an exciting future. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait either. Well, Tino, thank you so much for uh, making the time today. Thanks, Mark. And thanks everybody for joining us on the value clarity podcast, where we remind you that value only exists in your customer's mind, which means that business is a lot more like brain surgery than you might've thought. Thanks and have a high value day. Fox. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>